This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello. It is not Ryan. It is Jared Johnson. I am here for our final Tuesday Round Ball Stew podcast of the season. I am here joined by my man, Raphael Johnson. Today we are going to talk about a lot of stuff. But first, we're going to go to our pickup of the day, brought to us by our colleague, Zach Hanshu. Last night, Trey Mann went off to the tune of 35 points, seven rebounds, four assists, seven triples, and those 35 points set an OKC record for the most points scored by a rookie. In his five games prior, he had been averaging 15 points, five boards, three dimes, and three trays. Uh, So he's worth a look in most leagues, and he is just uh, 23% rostered. So he should be available pretty much everywhere. To get us started today, I just kind of want to get our brains going, particularly mine. It's a little bit early in the morning for me. (laughs) I'm going to call this segment Cut Him or Keep Him, and this is going to be some big-name guys. I'm just going to bring up the name, say a sentence about him, and I'm going to toss it to my man, Raph, and he's going to tell us cut him or keep him. So let's start off with Ben Simmons, who we found out is dealing with a herniated disc in his back, which is why he required that epidural. Still no concrete timetable for his return, although Steve Nash said that he's optimistic about Ben Simmons playing again this season. Cut him or keep him? He's an automatic cut. Like, as soon as it was first reported that he underwent the epidural, that was a bad sign because they don't just give you epidurals for no reason, you know. And then we find out about the herniated disc. It's quite clear that this is going to be a trade where that Brooklyn made in mind for next season. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to help them at all this season. Yeah, completely agree. And uh, epidural, geez, uh, he's in some significant amount of pain. He clearly was not yeah. faking that back injury. <laughs> Seth Curry injured his ankle during Monday's win over the Jazz, playing just 12 minutes. Uh, Kyrie will be available for Wednesday's game at Memphis. Does this open the door for Patty Mills? Are we keeping Seth Curry? I think I'm going to keep Seth just because of the value that he that he's provided since arriving in Brooklyn for one. And two, there's still no change with that private sector mandate. Yeah. So that, that's going to be a lot of games down the stretch that Kyrie could potentially miss. Mm-hmm. Um, so Seth Curry is a keep. It gets Patty Mills back on the radar just a little bit. He's still got Goran Dragic there as well. So I think immediately no, just because, as as we noted, the game Wednesday is in Memphis. So Kyrie's going to be there. And I think Kevin Durant's going to take a slight hit in that game, too. As we've seen his usage kind of go down a bit with Kyrie in a fold, as one would expect. Yeah, I agree with that. Jarrett Allen, we had a extremely vague update yesterday that he's hopeful to return within the next three weeks. Well, there's only about three weeks less left yeah. in the season. Cut him or keep him? I'm cutting him. Um, just because of that timeline. 
And, you know, you got to keep in mind they're preparing for the postseason. So, yes, he's going to have to go through a ramp up process. Uh, at this point, I don't think he's going to be of any service to fantasy managers who are trying to win their leagues. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, they—it's a broken finger that he's not getting surgery on, so he's just going to try to get it as good as he can for the playoffs, and that might mean missing a significant portion of the regular season. Perhaps he gets out there for the final game, but Cavs have about eleven games left. So, OG Anunobi. He's going to be reevaluated on Saturday. He played with her emotions a little bit last week with that doubtful tag. And uh, again, just back out for a week. Reevaluated does not mean we'll come back. Cut him or keep him. Same thing with him. I'm I'm cutting him. Um, I already have. In the one one league, I'm still competing, as a matter of fact, just because, like I said, the ramp-up process and they're preparing for the playoffs. Yeah, it's not going to happen there. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, for a majority of my playoff teams, you are correct. Uh, Demonis Sabonis out for at least the next five. Kings only have four games on their schedule after that. Cut him or keep him? I think you cut him just because of the timing of the injury for one and two. They're not anywhere near the playing spots. So yes. what use is it going to be to put him back on the floor after that, that road trip? And they could be even further out by then. So he's a cut. I'm just not sure who you automatically pick up on that team, to be honest with you. Maybe it's Chemezi Metu, but I think he's got the highest upside, but there isn't much to write home about. You talk about him, Damian Jones, or Alex Lynn. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later, but okay. I I am with you on the confusion as to who benefits with yeah. uh, all these bigs out in Sacramento. Uh Chris Paul, we have reports yesterday that there is a chance he could uh, return as soon as tomorrow, but he is ahead of schedule in his rehab from the avulsion fracture in his thumb. Cut him, keep him, or I suppose in this case, uh, potentially add him. Ooh, that's a tough one. I think you could probably extend this question to Cameron Payne as well, um, just because he's been the one filling the void. I think I would add Chris Paul with the understanding that they're only, I think they're one win away from clinching home court throughout the playoffs. So at that point, it's going to be about making sure that he's sharp as opposed to having him play 32, 33 minutes per game. So then I think in terms of pain, he's still going to have some value once the Suns go ahead and get that done, which I'll probably get done at some point this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a situation where he has so much upside that I feel like it's worth the risk, you know, Mm -hmm. even if he doesn't come back Wednesday. I picked him up in a big money league uh, once that news broke. You know, maybe he doesn't come back Wednesday, but I think it's a a risk worth taking. Gordon Hayward, last Wednesday, he talked to the media for the first time since going down with that ankle injury, and he said he's starting to ramp things up a bit. Cut him or keep him? <laughs> I'm cutting him. I think he's probably already been on your waiver wire at this point, to be honest with you. Yeah. If someone says they're starting to ramp things up, yeah. what does that mean? Like, are you running full speed? Are you cutting? Are you moving laterally? You know, what What, what does that even mean, especially at this point in the season where there isn't much time left to provide value from a fantasy standpoint? Yeah. Yeah, and he's just been out so long. He's ramping things up now. What does that even mean? Um, We're just past the point where we can be patient here. 
John Collins, unfortunately, is set to undergo a non-surgical procedure on his foot. He is dealing with a plantar facial tear, no timetable, and he's set to miss at least the next 10 to 14 days. I think we know the answer here. Yeah, yeah that's an easy <laughs> one. With his hand, too. Yeah, there's no point. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Um, yeah, the Hawks just have 11 games left on their schedule. They're going to play six over the next two weeks. Uh, yeah, that's that's just a, a firm cut. We don't we don't even know if he's going to be really ready for a playoff run, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. Lonzo Ball, man, <sighs> he was slowly ramping things up, wasn't going well. And we got news yesterday. Uh, they're going to shut him down from even running for a full 10 days. Uh, probably another pretty easy one here. Yeah. Cut him or keep him. You cut him, and I think you keep Io DeSumo. Yeah, even though he moved to the bench last night for Alex Caruso, the ball news means that he's still going to have value, especially from a defensive standpoint. And you also have yeah. Patrick Williams getting in there as well, played 19 minutes in his return last night. So, yeah, Paul's an easy cut. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you you just touched on that. Pat Williams came back last night, 19 minutes, but um. He's not really a guy who who gives us fantasy value, so yeah, kind of gonna skip over that mm-hmm. one. Stephen Curry could be back by mid-April. <laughs> kind of more people. Yeah, the, his fantasy season is basically over with that prognosis. So yeah, he's a cut. Yeah, Miles Turner. We heard a couple weeks ago that he's going through non-contact work. Uh, Indiana is 25 and 47 with no hopes of making the playoffs or the play in. We're cutting them, right? <laughs> that man's done. <laughs> He's <Yeah. been> done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no hope of uh, impact in fantasy hoops this season, at least uh, yeah. for the rest of this. Uh, Paul George, he got through some scrimmage with assistant coaches yesterday, mm-hmm. light work, light contact. Uh, do we have any faith that he will come back in a meaningful capacity for any part of this stretch run of the fantasy season? I don't think so. You know, maybe they get him some work during that final week of the season, which very few fantasy leagues go to. So right. I don't expect him to comp- to uh, contribute at that point. But, you know, get him some work ahead of the playing rounds to make sure he's sharp. Because you go in one game, you get into that two seed, you get in that seven seed rather. You know, I think they'll have a puncher's chance, especially if they get Kawhi back too. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about Kawhi, but interesting question. Do you think it would be? Would it surprise you? Let me say this: Would it surprise mm-hmm. you if the Clippers made the playoffs and the Lakers didn't? It would not. I just think. The supplementary pieces that the Clippers have have just proven to be better than, than what the Lakers have. Like LeBron has done yeoman's work kind of trying to carry that team, but it still hasn't been enough. We don't know what we're going to get out of Anthony Davis if he returns. Russell yeah. Westbrook has struggled all season long. And then other guys, I think Malik Monk's probably been the biggest positive surprise for them, but other guys like Taylor Horton Tucker, we all expected to take a leap forward. And he yeah. headed in the opposite direction. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Clippers were the ones in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lakers have been a mess. Clippers are a surprisingly gritty team with this uh, cast of role players that just continue to get the job done, continue to push teams. 
Um, they even blew out my Warriors uh, semi-recently. <laughs> Brandon Ingram, he's going to miss Tuesday's game. His hamstring is still bothering him. Pelicans will have 10 games left after Tuesday. Uh, do you have any faith that he'll make it back to the court? Not in time to help out fantasy managers. So I think he's a cut. You know, we all know if you're familiar with sports, you all know how tricky hamstring injuries can be. So yes, I think he's a cut for me. Yeah. Hamstring, plantar fasciitis. Those are words that you never want to read uh, regarding your yeah. fantasy players because uh, moving on to Josh Giddy, we've had no meaningful updates uh, basically since he was shut down. Thunder have 11 games left and the fourth worst record in the league. Uh, cut him or keep him. Any kind of. Yeah. They, they have no incentive to put him back out in the court. It's all about racking up the best lottery odds that they can get at this point. Yep. Uh, and that brings us to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He said after Monday's game that he's dealing with soreness in his ankle after every game. Uh, he said the past he would fight any attempt to shut down, but that choice isn't really his, is it? Yeah, it is not his. Um, you hold, you obviously hold on to him, but you do so with the understanding that he's probably going to get some rest days uh, between now and the end of the season. So, if anything, you know, you mentioned Trey Mann as a pickup of the day. I would rush out to pick him up immediately, especially if you have someone else on your roster that you can easily discard. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, the only negative with Trey Mann is his percentages. But, man, those counting yeah. stats are mm -hmm. are nice. Uh, kid has talent. I really like what I've seen from him this season. Um, Anthony Simons, he's expected to be uh, reevaluated on Friday, dealing with tendinopathy on his knee. Uh, I think on either Monday or Sunday, we got word that Damian Lillard is done for the season. Do we think that uh, Simons is done as well? Yeah, I think they they saw all they needed to see out of him uh, when he went on that run before the knee issues. So just get ready for a lot of Brandon Williams and Chris Dunn. And in case of Williams, he's like, man, we'll kill your shooting percentage. But he can occasionally come through with the counting stats. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I was optimistic that maybe they'd want to see a little bit more from Simons, but I think yeah. you're right. He clearly showed what he's capable of doing. Not not really any incentive to bring him back. And uh, lastly in this list, Bohan Bogdanovich. This is a little bit of a trickier one. He's missed the past five games with a calf strain. But there's not really been much in the way of updates. Utah does have another three games this week. Are you going to cut him if he was on your roster, or are you going to at least wait until the next game to see if he plays? What are we doing with Bohan? I think I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on him just because of you know what he brings to the table offensively, gives him another score. You don't get much in terms of the defensive stats, but – he doesn't kill you in percentages and, and usually brings up a decent stat line in terms of the points and rebounds on most nights. So I'm going to hold on to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Uh, it's been unfortunate. I'm hoping that this is just kind of um, them being a little bit overly cautious here with that calf strain. Yeah. But he's already kind of been out the amount of time you'd expect <laughs> for a recovery. So I don't have any reporting on this, but I feel like his return may be close. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now that I have woken up a little bit, let's get to our first ad read. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win 50 grand. We're highlighting matchups between the Hawks and Pistons, Kings and Pacers, and Jazz and Celtics. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. We're going to kind of head back to Sacramento here and talk about What's going on in their front court? Now, we mentioned at the top that Sabonis is going to be shut down for the next five games. Uh, we also got word recently that Rachan Holmes, he's done for the season for personal reasons. We don't know exactly why, uh, but he had a quote. He said, I would like to thank everyone for their support during these difficult times. I love this team. I love my teammates. And I look forward to returning next year. Holmes is 28 years old and the first year of a four-year, $44.5 million contract. He was not very good this season. Uh, he missed a ton of games, both due to injuries, due to personal absence. He had a, a case of COVID. He had that eye surgery that required an inordinate, inordinate amount of time on the sidelines. And then at the deadline... Uh, Sacramento brought in DeMontis Sabonis that essentially just destroyed his value completely. Um, Sabonis is also going to be under contract for a while. Let's look towards next season a little bit. Do, is there any place that you would draft Rachan Holmes? I mean, they're paying this man a lot of money, but <laughs> Sabonis is clearly the guy who's getting the minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough just because it's not like a situation, say, Philadelphia, where you kind of knew before the season started you had to draft Andre Drummond when he was with Philadelphia, obviously, because of Embiid's medical history. Yeah. I don't get that same sense with Sabonis, which makes it even tougher to kind of fully commit to Rashawn Holmes. I think taking a late-round flyer on him would be acceptable just because of uh, his track record overall. And the fact that you're not going to find very good back second and third centers at that point in most drafts. Right. So I think taking a late round flyer on them would be fine, but it's really something where I think we're going to have to see how they use the rotation in preseason and the early reports on that before you really fully commit on taking Rashawn. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's pretty much completely off my radar at this point. I think yeah. Sacramento just constantly makes these really weird decisions with how to construct their roster. It still doesn't make sense to me, to be perfectly honest with you. But let's look at what is the fallout here? Because we don't have Sabanis. We don't have Rachan Holmes. Actually, when that Sabanis news broke, I, I was unaware that Rachan Holmes was on. I'm like, oh, here's his time to shine. But no, not so much. Um, so we've seen... Uh, Damian Jones have good games. We've seen Alex Len start for inexplicable reasons. And we've had uh, Chemezi Metu have some bright spots. And just kind of thinking out loud here, I think between all those guys, I might lean towards Chemezi. Uh, he seems to have the most upside with the ability to get those defensive stats plus some triples here and there. We've also seen some nice games from Damian Jones, but it does seem to be matchup dependent. I have basically no faith in Alex Len. I don't care if he's starting. Uh, how do you feel about this collection of of bigs in Sacramento? Well, I don't feel very good, but since you're making <laughs> me choose one, I would take Matthew for the same reason that you stated. I just think his fantasy upside is higher than that of Jones or Len. Uh, they, we've seen him use them use him at the four at times too. So yes, I feel like the Kings are a little bit more committed towards playing him quality minutes at this point. We'll see Jones, we'll see Len, but I don't really believe much in either of those guys. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, you know, when that when that news broke, I went to my waiver wire and I was like, "Do I really want Damian Jones? Like, do yeah. I want Chemezi? I don't know because they only have two games this week too." Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. They're one of they're one of the teams with a lighter schedule moving mm -hmm. forward and just kind of middling centers kind of dependent upon matchup. We also had news from uh, De'Aaron Fox, who required an X-ray uh, on on his hand injury. They said we had it X-rayed and uh, this is from Alvin Gentry. Mm -hmm. uh, we had it X-rayed and everything, and it's going to be one of those things where short term we're just going to have to manage the manage the pain, but long term it's going to be fine. To me, that says mm, there's a reasonable chance he's at least going to miss uh, Wednesday's game, uh, and in that case, it would be Davion Mitchell's time to shine. He's coming off a big 28 point outburst. And in his 10 games as a starter this season, he has come through with averages of 17.5 points, 5 dimes, 2.5 triples, 0 0.7 steals, and 2.5 turnovers per contest on 44.7% shooting. Uh, I'm pretty much in the go get him uh, category. He is only rostered in 19% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, do you feel the same about Davion Mitchell? Just a minor correction. It's Davion. Um, Damn it. I always do this. <laughs> no <worries. laughs> yeah, <laughs> no worries. But yeah, I'm definitely on board with you there. I think he kind of really killed managers with his shooting percentages early in the season. Um, so that's probably why his roster percentage is still so low. But at this point, De'Aaron Fox, they may try to play him, but it's like, why? You know, you're, you're not going to get back into playing conversation. So. I think Davion should play plenty, and he's definitely a guy that people need to be targeting, even with him only playing two games this week. Yeah, yeah. Massive upside there. Uh, I would appreciate a little bit more defensive stats, but hey, yeah. uh, you do you, young man. We also got some news this morning that Julius Randle is going to miss today's game. 
Um, this is similar to the King situation where I don't exactly know what the correct ad would be. Uh, we talked a little bit about this uh, before we started recording here. You know, like the obvious option, if you weren't Tom Thibodeau, would be probably Obi Toppin. Yes. Uh, but Tom Thibodeau is the coach. So kind of feels like it's maybe Taj Gibson gets the start at power forward. What, let, let's, let, let me hear your thoughts on, on how they're going to fill in this gap here tonight with, without Julius Randle. You're right. It should be Obi Toppin. Like he should have been playing extended minutes well before this Randall injury, but you know Tibbs loves his vets and, and the guys that he trusts the most. You don't. I don't think for me personally, you don't use a lottery pick on a guy just to play him to 15 minutes a game when you're out of playoff contention. It doesn't make much sense to me. So you would hope that Toppin plays 28, 30 minutes a game, not just tonight, but moving forward. But as we've seen in the past, it, it, I don't know, man. I'm expecting Todd Gibson to be out there like 35 minutes. And just, <laughs> yeah, I hope not. But I don't. I would not be shocked if that's what happened tonight. Yeah, Tibbs tends to do this where he he'll take over a team, he'll get him in the playoffs, and I feel like the players just kind of get tired of him. Like, honestly, who who wants to play for Tibbs aside from Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose? I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, he just seems to kind of wear grind on his players. You know, like, it works for Jimmy Butler. It works for Taj Gibson. It doesn't quite work on, on other guys. And we've also seen, like, a massive reduction in, in Julius Randle's efficiency this season. I don't know if it was kind of a one-off last year or what's going on. But um, I would definitely say that Tibbs is – Perhaps on thin ice, although the front office organizational structure in New York is is one that tends to like thin ice. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know what to say at this point, to be honest with you. Um, you you'd expect guys like Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin to be playing more. Quickly's gotten quality minutes recently, but you know you go beyond that. Jericho Sims, Miles McBride, these are guys that you would think the Knicks would want to evaluate in-game situations before they make decisions on them during the offseason because I don't think either one is guaranteed for next year. So why not see them in a live live action situation to see what you have there, how they could potentially help you. And also Mitchell Robinson is going to be a free agent this summer. So I think that would be even more reason to watch guys like Sims and Toppin. But that hasn't happened yet. You would hope with the Randall injury that that changes, but – I'm not holding my breath on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in full agreement with you there. I did not realize that Mitchell Robinson was headed for free agency. That is yeah. a that is an intriguing one. It'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of money he gets and if someone wants to uh, pay him to be a starter. Because personally, I've been a bit unimpressed with him in a starting role. He looks a little bit more like a backup to me. He he literally can only dunk shots. Um, <laughs> It's a problem in today's NBA. Uh, I think it's time for an ad read. Uh, the madness is upon us. Get Edge Plus annual subscription now to unlock our college basketball DFS and betting tools. With game predictions, player prop projections, and more, get ready to cut down the nets using promo code BRACKETS20. Plus, you'll get every tool for every sport with our Edge Plus subscription, including our fantasy basketball draft guide powered by, oh, that was baseball, <laughs> powered by Roto World. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus and use promo code 
brackets20 at checkout and find your edge. Uh, we're going to kind of continue on this injured uh, trajectory to close out today's show, kind of looking a, a little bit forward towards next year. Uh, and we're going to start the last section of this show with a man I love dearly, and I was quite disappointed to not see this season, Zion Williamson. He's not going to play this year, mm -hmm. to the surprise of literally no one. That's what we kind of thought when he had this injury that is uh, very bad. Um, tons of setback potential. He did see those setbacks. Yes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so what do we make of this? Through three years in the league, he's only made it through a total of 85 games. He just can't seem to stay healthy. But when he's on the floor, he tends to do things that few players are capable of. He turns his opponents into bowling pins as he attacks the rim. Um, his field goal percentage alone can carry you. Uh, he was showing growth as a playmaker last season. We've yet to see the defensive stats, but those were coming along a bit last season, and he was nice on the defensive end in college. But, again, he just can't seem to stay on the court. Now, I personally think a little bit much was made of his weight. Uh, he's a 21-year-old former number one-year-old pick uh, who literally could not run. <laughs> he could not run, guys. Like, uh, I understand dieting and whatnot, I don't know, maybe he's a little bit stressed out. Mm. But given his name, given that it's unlikely he's going to fall too far uh, in next year's draft, uh, where would you be comfortable taking him next season? And and where do you view him? Do you Are you uh, turned off or, or um, nervous about how, how much of a struggle it's been for this young man to be able to even stay on the court? Uh, through his first three years in the league. Yeah, I, I'll answer the second part first. I, I am nervous about it because, you know, you talk about bigger players and foot injuries, that never really seems to end well. Um, you know, I think a prominent yeah. example, he's not as big as Yao Ming, but we saw what happened there once he started getting the foot injuries and that pretty much torpedoed his career. You hope that won't be the case with Zion, but, you know, like you said, 85 games played in three seasons, that's extremely concerning because, you know, the durability factor for a standard team, is, it makes him difficult to trust, much less a fantasy one. So in terms of the yeah. fantasy draft, I wouldn't take him personally. I think middle rounds would be would be fair. That would probably be a bit of a reach, but that would be fair. I don't think you take him within the first 50 picks in any league. Yeah, around, you can do that. But for me personally, I'm not going to touch him in any of my drafts next season. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, unfortunately. Uh, like I said, he's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, I'm just looking at I'm looking at the ranks. I mean, maybe I would take a swing at him at like 75 ish. But again, mm -hmm. with a name like that, I, I just don't think that's where he's going to fall to. Um, so that's unfortunate. Uh, I wish him the best. I hope he gets healthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. He just wasn't able to make it on the court this season. Constant setbacks, bad injury. Hopefully he gets better. Uh, and we're going to close out uh, today's pod 
with this man, Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. Uh, apparently, he's a basketball player. Uh, Orlando last announced last week that he's not going to play at all this season. I think it's been, I counted it out recently. I think it's been like 18 months plus yeah. with this ACL tear. Uh, keep in mind, Markel Fultz also had an ACL tear, and he's already back. We've seen Jonathan Isaac very briefly in his career. Now, he did have a really good season um, before he got injured. He was putting up first-round value that year, but he only played for about two months. Um, it's insane how much time this guy spends on the sidelines. Um, so... Is this a guy that you would look at to at all next year? Like, what are your feelings on Jonathan Isaac and, and like the insane amount of time he's been out, who he is as a basketball player and whatnot? He's incredibly gifted. You know, we've seen that when he's been on the court, but the injuries just make it too much. I think, you know, like this morning it was reported that he underwent a procedure on his right hamstring. Um, there we go. That so, makes sense. You've got that in addition to the ACL recovery. You, know, you think back to the bubble, he showed up with a brace on his knee. And there were questions yes. about whether or not he should be playing. They put him out there and, and unfortunately he tore his ACL. So for me, I know I think higher of him than I do Zion in terms of fantasy potential. But I can't take that risk uh, given the medical right. history. Yeah. And, you know, when he was having that good season, um, Mo Bamba essentially was not a part of the rotation. And so it's just getting more crowded. Um, Orlando, are, are, they in a, are they in the play-in spot? I don't no, know. they're not even close. Okay, so then they're going to bring in an... I would also add that Mo's going to be a free agent this summer too, so... Oh, okay, That's, that, that'll help. Mm -hmm. But again, they're, they're going to bring in another lottery pick. Uh, exactly. next year mm -hmm. just more competition for him i don't know like we've seen it we've seen his potential he's this guy who can kind of you know he did really work on his shot since his rookie year he is capable of stretching the floor a little bit and his defensive chops are are, yeah. are magnificent we just have not seen this guy in a meaningful way mm -hmm. for two years now um and again this is not an injury that takes this much time. ACL tears are not what they used to be. Honestly, Achilles tears are not what they used to be. We've yeah. seen Kevin Durant come back uh, in a very meaningful way, as have we seen Clay Thompson and DeMarcus Cousins kind of make it back to the court. That's neither here nor there with Jonathan Isaac, but yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, been quite the frustrating run. He was a, a guy that I was targeting uh, in the later rounds yeah. of our drafts. And I, I thought that I came away with a killer and I came away with a, uh, basically a guy who clogged up my injury yeah. spot for a good chunk of the season. <laughs> yeah, it does make you wonder. But yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much all there is to say about Mr. Jonathan Isak. And I think that's going to do it uh, for our podcast today. I appreciate those of you who tuned in. Raphael, I appreciate you for filling in for Ryan. Um, I do not know how to end this, so I'm just going to close this window and hope that our editing crew is uh, capable of making this sound nice as we end this podcast. Prompt. Top left. Yeah, I don't, I, can't, I don't. I do not see it. So, 
I'm just going to close the window here, and that's going to be our podcast today. <laughs> Catch you later, Ralph. All right. See you later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.